Welcome to On The Fly, a Financial Literacy Institute podcast, where our mission is to teach the financial literacy skills we should have learned in school. We cover financial basics, investing, business ownership, real estate, and everything in between. On The Fly. Welcome back, everybody to another episode of On The Fly. Today, Zach and I are switching it up and we're doing an episode without an actual guest. So just gonna be a conversation between Zach and I. We've had some things that we've been talking about over the past couple weeks that we felt like it'd be a good idea to share with all of you listeners. So who knows where this episode is gonna go, what we're gonna get into, but I'm really excited for it. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I've had a great week uh, wrapping it up. It's a Thursday night right now and looking forward to Friday and the weekend. just to keep everyone up to date, I've had a project started with my wife where we're converting a trailer into a bit of a, an RV. Um, so that's been a project that's taken up most of my weekends, and I'm super excited to get back uh, to my parents' house where I'm keeping it and do some more work on it. Um, so it's been a great week, and I'm looking forward to a great weekend. I love it. And the trailer's looking great already, not only from what I've seen in person, but also from the pictures. Now, Zach, I was curious too, what inspired you guys to want to do that in the first place? What it comes down to is that Lindsay and I wanted to do things that people see other people do or they see Instagram reels or TikToks or photos and say, wow, that would be cool to do someday. And then they never do it. So our goal was to pick out something like that that is normally out of reach and just make it happen. So it's been an absolute I mean, wild ride already. We're a couple weeks into the project. Sean was nice enough to stop by and lend a hand for a day. Uh, we cut some insulation and did some installation of, of that as well. Um, and it's kind of wild that I can just hop on over to my parents' house and there's this big trailer, this massive project that um, is only happening because we got up off our butts and decided to do it. You know, it turned from one of those things where, wow, that would be cool to do to, you know, hey, we're actually doing it. And I think that's a great point, too, that you just said. It's like there's there's things in life. We all have these pipe dreams of things that we want to do, we want to make happen. And you, you sit in bed at night thinking to yourself, man, if only I could do this, this, and this. You know, it'd be great if I had this in my life. And then we think about it for a couple of days, and then we get discouraged. We're like, eh, it's only, only certain people can do that. You see people on social media that paint this nice picture of, happiness and it's so easy and you think to yourself oh if they can do it then they had some special gift or some special assistance what have you but in reality it's like you can go out there and do whatever you want and there's all it took was you guys deciding one day hey we're buying this trailer we're going to drive down to georgia and we're going to drive through a, a monsoon to bring it back and now you have a torn apart trailer that you're building back. So I, I want to expand upon that a little bit more in, in terms of just things in, in our lives. When we think about like the dreams that we have, the things that we want to accomplish, you know, you write, you write your goals down. And for some reason, when you write your goals down, they seem to happen a little bit easier. And whether you look at them on a daily basis or you just put them away for a year and then come back and review them at the end of the year, you realize you end up accomplishing the vast majority of those. Now, why why do you think that is, Zach? And is there like any special tricks that you do in terms of writing your goals down and putting them into action? So that's a really good question. 
something that helps me accomplish those goals, right? And keep them, keep myself honest and keep them within reach and something that I'm actually working on instead of remaining as those things that would be nice to do or those goals that you set and forget. Um, one, like you were saying, is write them down. We've talked about the SMART goal format, which is really effective. Uh, and the biggest thing for me is having people to keep me accountable. And in that scenario with a trailer, um, it was my wife. And it helps that we were super motivated, both of us, to do this project. And it just sounded super fun. Um, and it was really something we had set our sights on. Now, there are going to be moments, whether it's something like what we're doing, which is buying a trailer and doing something crazy to it and, uh, you know, turning into RV or if it's buying a house or if it's anything, there are going to be so many smaller little hurdles that pop up along the way that you didn't envision when you set that goal. And a lot of the times what I find is that if you just, I mean, go at those hurdles head first, eat that frog like we talked about, everything that you want to do, those goals are going to be much more within your reach than you thought, right? So it sounds really fun. And in the, the example that I can give, I mean, it sounds great to go buy a trailer and do all this stuff to it. And then you get to the price tag and it's like, oh man, you know, that's like the biggest hurdle there is. And then if you really want to make it happen, you can, it just takes a, a trip to your credit union, right? And then, you know, you get a small loan for it and you sit down with an Excel sheet and you go over your income and my wife's income and how much expendable you have left after you pay bills. Um, and then you just have to put in a little bit of time to make it happen. So one, you got to eat that frog, go head first into things. Don't let the, the small annoyances get in your way and, and stop you. Um, as well as having someone to keep you accountable. That's the biggest thing I think outside of writing your goals down, keeping a schedule, keeping a smart goal list to help you achieve your goals and keep yourself honest. Um, so Another topic I wanted to cover a little bit today um, and that we talked about a little bit before this was gratitude. So tying gratitude into that is really easy for me because I'm super grateful to have a wife who wants to do fun things. Um, it, I think about it all the time, you know, it would be way less fun to be married to someone who doesn't want to do those things. You know, if they're just looking at the, uh, like I said, those reels or TikToks or whatever. And they say, man, that's really cool. And then you're like, you know, let's, let's go do it. Let's make it happen. And then they're just kind of like, ah, you know, whatever costs a lot of money, probably, probably shouldn't do it. So, um, I wanted to wrap up my answer to your question with another question. And one, that's what I'm grateful for in that scenario. And I wanted to ask you, what is something that you have found yourself being grateful for, um, in the past couple of weeks, months, et cetera? Financial literacy is a crucial skill to learn about as it affects many aspects of our daily lives, including our spending habits. Don't spend your money on more stuff that will be lying around your house, but rather invest it in making memories with your friends and family at Bullseye's Axe Throwing in Worcester. From bachelor parties to birthday parties, and from couples to company and corporate events, we're your one-stop shop for adding some excitement to your life. Follow Bullseye's on Facebook or Instagram at Bullseye's Axe Throwing, or visit their website at bullseyesaxethrowing.com to learn more and book your lane today. Absolutely. Great question. And before I answer it, though, I want to touch on one thing too. I've, yeah. I've learned in, in relationships, if you have someone there that with you, that is your significant other that supports you to the end of the mm -hmm. earth, like you, you never have to doubt their support and their belief in you. 
it can it can allow you to do and accomplish amazing things. This is something that the Hormozis talk about all the time, just between their relationship, how much they both support each other and trust each other to the point where they don't feel like they have to insert themselves into each other's problems to try to solve the problems. They trust and they know that one or one of them is going to solve whatever problem that is put on their plate. And that just allows you to operate more autonomously and, and any setbacks, any hurdles that come through, they're, they're seen as number one opportunities to learn, but also as just something to propel you further and closer towards that goal. So I, I think that having a supporter in your corner, especially as your significant other, your wife, your, your husband, et cetera, that, that can be one of the most powerful attributes to becoming successful. Now, in terms of answering your question on the gratitude side, every night when I lay down in bed, I kind of think about number one, my day, but also think about just in general, in my life, what I'm thankful for, who I'm thankful for. And I realize that I'm not in this alone. I have many people in my corner and I've learned this, especially over the past few months. I've, I've always been the type of person that's been kind of afraid to ask for help. I feel like I need to do it myself. I don't need to ask for help. I don't need to burden other people with my problems, with my issues. But, you know, when it hits the fan and you're, you're down and out, you, you realize who's there for you. And like I can attest, not only Zach, you, but Lindsay and Zeb and all of all of our other friends who have been there for me over these past few months and have really helped dig me out of what I thought was, you know, the end of the world, et cetera. But I think in, in my life, I'm most grateful for the people that are in my inner circle. And I also realize that if I absolutely need anything, there are plenty of people that are there that have my back and that want to see me succeed and want to see me do well. And also I can't, I've also realized that it's, I, I've made some kind of massive progress in my own spiritual journey in life. And it's always been something that I've kind of been uncomfortable to talk about, but I'm learning more and more as the days go on. But just realizing that God has my back and I can just give him all my problems and he's there to write me, write the ship, guide me down the correct path. and in the end, it's all going to work out. And if it's not working out, it's not the end. That's a really good way to put it. And it is really, what's the word I'm looking for? It is absolutely grounding and reassuring to know that you have friends like that, that you were saying, or you have someone, even just one person that will have your back um, no matter what. And um, if I was listening to this and a question I think that could come up from a viewer is what if, you know, I feel like I don't have someone like that, then the fastest way, in my opinion, the best way to find people in your life that are going to be there for you is to be that person to other people, right? If you have the potential to be there for someone, but you don't feel like that would be reciprocated if the script was flipped, then any person is is not really going to take on that role if they don't feel like it's being reciprocated. Now, it can be tough to step out on that limb and be that person to someone first, but that's the risk you have to take in order to, you know, have and cultivate relationships um, with 
that depth and have relationships that have that um, that extent. There is, and I mean, in all relationships, whether it's just uh, a friend or a romantic relationship, there's an element of risk involved in that. You cannot reap the rewards without risking something. It's it's an investment, long story short, yeah. right? You have to put something up in order to get something back. You have to risk, you know, whatever amount of money you're going to toss into TD Ameritrade to reap the potential rewards of um, stocks and bonds and whatever your investment is compounding and increasing, give you, giving you a return. The same thing with, with investing in a relationship, whether it's a friend or a romantic partner, you have to invest time and, you know, emotional um, availability and emotional intelligence into cultivating that relationship as well. Um, so that's a really good point. We talked about gratitude and how we can be grateful for the relationships in our life, whether it's something that's platonic and purely a friendship or if it is romantic. Um, and, and then and two, yeah. before we before we move on, one thing I wanted to add to that, when you compare, say, like a relationship, whether it's a friend relationship or romantic relationship, whatever, when you compare that to, say, financial investing, I feel like the downside to putting yourself out there in personal relationships is much less than that in actual financial investing. Say you invest $10,000 into a stock, you could completely lose all of that money. And there's a lot of risk involved in that. Or you look at a relationship or putting yourself out there for a friend or a significant other, there's there's two things that can happen. Either you put yourself out there, something great happens, you become a friend, you find a significant other, you get married to that person, whatever it may be, or they don't want to be involved, they don't want to be a friend, don't want to be a significant other, and you're back to where you started. So you can either have something immaculate and excellent happen, or you're in the same place you were before you did anything. So I feel like putting that in perspective, it's like a conversation we had a while ago when you talked about or trying to convince your, your cousins to go up and talk to girls at a bar. And you tell <laughs> right. them like, listen, two things can happen. Either she can be interested and you guys can have a good time or she can say no and you're back to where you were in the first place. So it, it really puts it in perspective to the point that there's really not that much risk involved in friendships. Because you can either have something great happen or nothing at all. That's a really good point. I like that a lot. Um, and thinking about gratitude, that leads me to another point. Uh, it was a a goal of mine uh, growing up. I hated school so much. I hated going to elementary, middle school, and high school. I hated waking up and going and spending eight hours a day at school somewhere I didn't want to be when I could have been doing something that I felt like was much more fun or productive. And when I was getting into my later years of college, I didn't want to go to bed every day and wake up and dread going to my job. I didn't want to like wake up and dread it being a Monday or spend all day Sunday dreading that, oh my God, tomorrow's Monday, I gotta go to work. So that was a big goal of mine is to make some sort of change or do something that allowed me to not really discern between the weekends and the weekdays as far as how I felt about the days, right? I didn't want to live my life just for Saturday and Sunday and then hate Monday through Friday of every week. I don't know if it, you've seen like those graphs or illustrations of a person's life in a grid and how many of those days are Saturdays and Sundays, uh, because if you look them up, it's way less of those 
little squares are Saturdays and Sundays. And if you can make the Mondays through Fridays be days that you like and can enjoy and not dread, then I know that I would have a much more fulfilling life. And this is where gratitude ties into it. Through thinking about this and trying to work on this for weeks and months, I realized gratitude was one of the biggest aspects of me not dreading going to work, not dreading my my schooling and not dreading the weekdays and just living for the weekends. Um, I learned that if I just put myself in a different mindset and I'd be grateful that I get to wake up and go to a job that when it gets down to it, I really enjoy. I get to go work with cars. I love cars. I get to go design cars, which is awesome. I get to go uh, walk around these cool testing facilities that normally I would never see and many people don't get to see. And when I'm at work and I can put myself in that mindset of this is actually a privilege to be here. This is something that I'm grateful to have. I've worked hard for this and I should be happy that I have this opportunity. I get to go work on this stuff and I get to do something that I like and people give me money for it, which is sweet. So having that gratitude and that point of view change to change uh, work into something I hated, into something that I didn't, was something that absolutely changed my mood day to day of my life for the past five years. I wake up on Monday morning and I'm not dreading going to work. It's it's just another day. And that was one of the biggest goals that I've been working on. Um, and the key to it at the end of the day was gratitude. And I like what you said there too. You get to go to work. Mm-hmm. You get to wake up every day. It's It's just that simple like mindset shift where you flip a switch from saying I have to, to I get to. Mm-hmm. And think about it too. You, you, you're, you're doing what you dreamed of when you were a little kid. It, it's probably yeah. not exactly how, how you envisioned it, but in a way you're, you know, you're around cars, you get to do things that you enjoy, not only as a passion, as a hobby, but you get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to like break this down on a more granular level. So in, in terms of gratitude, gratitude can come from the simplest things in life. It's, it's like the book we talked about before, Make Your Bed. You start your day with a small win. Gratitude's the same way. You wake up every morning. You get to wake up today. Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere, something said, Zach's waking up today. Sean's waking up today. And just think about that. There's some people who don't wake up. You get to go to the gym and work out. You get to drive a car. You get to live in a house, live in an apartment. There's, there's people all over the world and even all over the country that don't have those simple abilities or simple pleasures that we take for granted so much. And I think that gratitude is the baseline of personal happiness, personal pride, however you want to break it down. If you can shift that mindset from thinking that you have to do these things, even if they're things that you don't like, you say you have to take out the trash, you have to clean the dishes, you have to do laundry. If you think about it from the perspective that there's people in the world that don't have the opportunity to do that, I promise you, your mood will lift and you'll feel like a whole different person. Absolutely. And you may have seen this clip that I'm about to describe. It's sometimes kind of a cheesy clip found on these motivational pages on social media. So tell me if you've seen it. It's where someone, it's been done a couple times, but the original, I believe, is someone who has a lot of money. I don't know if it was Mark Cuban or whoever it was, but they were talking to someone and they said, I could give you, I don't know, $5 million right now. 
Luxury Auto Detailing is a top-rated automotive detailing company based in Akron, Ohio. They offer detailing packages ranging from full interior and exterior detailing to paint correction and ceramic coatings that provide long-term vehicle protection. Serving customers across Northeast Ohio, Luxury Auto Detailing is the right choice to give your vehicle that new car look and feel. Visit their website at LuxuryAutoDetailingOhio.com or search Luxury Auto Detailing Ohio to check out their 80-plus five-star reviews. And it was convincing because that person obviously had a lot of money. And they said, but in that hypothetical scenario, you don't get to wake up tomorrow. Are you going to take the money? And obviously everyone's going to say no. And then the point they made with this exercise was that just waking up tomorrow was worth more to you than $5,000. So you shouldn't, or $5 million, excuse me. You shouldn't be upset or dreading tomorrow if you had the choice to take the amount of money that could change your life and enable you to never work again, but you don't get to see tomorrow, that's not worth it to you. It just was a very simple exercise and albeit a pretty cheesy one, but it really pointed out to me that makes a lot of sense. You know, there's a lot of gratitude to be had that is just glossed over and taken for granted in in many scenarios. And you think about that too, in terms of like what you have every day, I forget how many seconds are in the day, but I've heard the analogy. There's some like that, like fifties, like hundred thousand, some seconds in a day. And it's like, if you were given that much money in a day, how would you spend it? And everyone's like, oh my goodness, I get to spend $50,000 in a day, but mm-hmm. t- time is the exact same thing. So why are you excited about getting like thousands of dollars for a day when you have thousands of seconds to spend? So I, it, it is cheesy, but it makes you think for a second. And I think that's beneficial. And one thing that like what that story you told sparked in my mind was you think about all these like rich people, celebrities, famous people on social media, and you think to yourself, man, I wish I had their life. But in reality, they probably have problems that you've never even thought of before. You see what is the nice, shiny social media ready picture of them, but there's, there's demons that there's, that they're fighting mm-hmm. just as there's demons that we're fighting. So anytime I feel like I'm kind of down in the dumps or upset, I think to myself, if I want, I want to be like a so-and-so person, but I guarantee you there's battles that they're fighting that I would never want to fight. And it puts it in perspective because there's battles I'm fighting that I'm upset about, or I'm taking for granted when I guarantee there's people that would want to be in, in my spot or your spot. So it all puts it in perspective when you think about it on a high level mm-hmm. and kind of compare yourself to other people, but not from a jealous type of comparison. That's a, yeah, a really good point. Don't make it a jealous type of comparison. Um, I'm thinking back now to a conversation I had seen on another podcast where people were also talking about a similar topic and their topic of conversation was along the lines of what would you do if you had all of the money in the world, your business plans and everything worked out and took off, you became insanely successful overnight and you could retire in six months. What would you do then? Probably travel, like, you know, spend time with your friends. And the point that they made was that if you go through your mind and you go through that picture of wealth that you have built for your future, you realize that you can do a lot of those things right now. I mean, yes, maybe not like you don't get to quit your nine to five and do those things 24 seven. But if I personally had all the money in the world 
to do with what I want. I would travel with my wife. I would golf with all my friends all the time. And those would be my two biggest uh, components of the ways that I spend my time. I'd spend time with my friends and family and do activities with them and, and make memories. And I realize now that's not something that I am being prevented from doing because of money right now. You know, it's not like that's a goal I want to do. And I can't do that because I don't have the money to do it. You can still do that now. So don't, you know, take your time for granted right now and think that you need the money to do whatever you want to do and that you won't be successful and you won't be happy until you have it because you absolutely can do the things that you are wanting to do when you're successful right now. And it's mostly those things like that making memories and those things are the things that really matter. You don't need money to do that. And one silly example of that um, it, to me is Breaking Bad. I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen some of the seasons. I haven't seen the whole thing, but it is, yes, it, while it is a fantastic, like, high quality, entertaining show, it really conveys the message that even if you have a ton of money, if you go about acquiring that money in an unsculptuous way or a way that um, is out of character for you or, you know, in one way or another isn't worth it, then the money is useless. That show, the message of that show is that everyone who is involved in the ongoings of that show is a loser. There's really no protagonist. There's no good guy. And everyone in that show is a loser. And they come like everyone in that show gets so rich and everyone in that show at the same time loses everything they had and their life becomes 20 times worse because of the appearance of money um, in the sense that they got it by going they went about getting it in the wrong ways. So part of the message there is be honest and don't do illegal things to get your money, but also be grateful for the things you have now. The early seasons of that show, everyone is so much more happy. They have a family. They're spending time with their friends and doing the things they want to do. And they're like dirt poor. So that's another way that if you really want to dig into things at a depth most people probably don't you can find gratitude as the underlying moral or message of the story and it's like what they say more money more problems and yeah. i i see it because the pursuit of money is great and the the idea and the goal to be well off and to take care of those close to you it's 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 admirable i i want it i want it for my future family mm -hmm. but Obviously, you want to do that in a good way and you want to do it in a respectable way. You want to be able to take care of people and not get into illegal drugs now. <laughs> yeah, too. But one one thing that that made me think about, too, is a problem that I really have is I'm so focused on the future that I re I don't realize I'm in the moment that I was dreaming of five years ago. And it's take take a step back and have take a high level overview of where you're at, what you get to experience and, and just live in the moment every once in a while. And I've really challenged myself with that over the past, the past few months is take advantage of those times with friends, those experiences, because I'm only going to be 25 once. And I'm going to look back at this five years ago. And it's like that quote from the office. I wish we knew the, the good old days when we were in the good old days. Yeah. So it, it really hits home. I want to realize I'm in the good old days right now. 
And whether I'm golfing with friends, whether I'm taking a trip to Florida, taking a trip to Nashville, whatever, I want to be able to live in the moment and enjoy that experience versus thinking about what I'm going to do in a year, two years, three years, et cetera. Live in the moment. Do you know how psyched I would have been as a 15 or 16 year old kid to have a car and a couple thousand dollars in the bank? <laughs> like that was that was all you wanted. And, and, and think really about yourself as a 15 or 16 year old, like you're, you're, you're married, you guys are happy as ever. You're building a trailer. You're, you're, you're hunting for a house. Like this is stuff that would have been unfathomable when we were younger, but we're living the reality right now. And yeah, it comes with stresses and headaches and every day is not perfect, but I guarantee you that kid back then wouldn't trade this for anything. Oh, Absolutely. You hit the hit the nail on the head. Man, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. It's I, I don't like to necessarily sit and re- reminisce and think about like 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 the uh, the kids from high school that are sitting back. Oh, back when I was in high school. Or, <laughs> yeah, it's all we talk about, game, like stuff all like the, that. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like people who are driven care so much about the future and you run the risk of missing out on life because you're focusing on the next 10 years when you're in what you dreamed of 10 years ago. So I, another, another quote that I heard that has really stuck with me, I think it was, I think it was Ed Milet who said it. And he basically said that I'm chasing one person and that person is me one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And I know that I'm never going to catch them. But when I get to that next stage, I'm still chasing that next person, but I'm where that other person was and I feel great about it. So it ties in gratitude, but it also ties in how to focus on the future, but also live in the moment. Chasing that person one year, five years from now. That's funny you put it that way. The way I have thought of it is to, to beat my past self which is mm-hmm. accomplishing the same thing, but it's, you know, I want to be better than my 20 year old self. I want to be better than my 23 year old self than my last year self six months ago. Hmm. Now, Zach, I'm curious, do you, are you the type of person that has a list of people that have maybe wronged you, overlooked you or didn't treat you right, that it's your personal goal to make them regret that? That's a really good question. And I'm fortunate enough to really not have the ability to put together a list that would be that long. Uh, I think that if, yeah, if, if you have someone like that in your life, then it can absolutely be good in balance to use that as motivation. I mean, it's, that's what you want to take from those relationships. I've learned from my grandpa was, was a quote. I'll always remember everyone you meet no matter whether your interaction is good, bad, or neutral, you can learn something from them. Whether that's what to do or something what not to do, you can learn something from them. So I wouldn't say that I'm the type of person that keeps a list or like a vendetta, but I don't think <laughs> actually keeping that would necessarily be a bad thing. See, I've heard mixed reviews on it. I've heard some people say that it's excellent and it does a great job. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But I've also heard other people say that that will eat you alive and you'll you'll never be you'll never prove them wrong or you'll never make them feel bad whatever it's yeah. like you don't want people living rent free in your head but 
also there is a sense of motivation to it, especially if if you're doing well and it, it makes you feel good or it drives you to work harder. Yeah, if it's like a competitive nature thing, I absolutely see how that could pull you out of a scenario in which you're really not that motivated, which everyone has, you know, I really don't want to do this today. I really don't want to do that today. And if you can find some nugget of motivation, maybe it comes from that list that you keep, you know, okay, well, that fires me up. It gets me going. Then then that can be productive. As long as, like you said, you're not letting them live rent free in your head. You're not being that kid from high school who graduates and then still lives under the Friday night lights, you know, for the next like five years of their life, then if it's balanced, I think that, I think that could be a good, a good productive method. I that's a really good question. And I think maybe I should spend some time to see, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty lucky to not really have too many people at all pop to mind. Do you keep a list? Oh, I have a list. Absolutely. <laughs> like I, I, I abide by that so much. And yeah. I, I have that listed in my head and that's what I wake up every day thinking, how am I going to prove these people wrong? I, I like that. Like I said, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that you, you need that in at least some sense to be someone who is hyper successful. I think it's something too, that Tim Grover talks about in his book. It's like, I think it's titled, I'm number one or how to be number one, something like that. But Mm. it's, it's a mindset tactic that like Kobe and MJ would use when say like they didn't win a championship one year that, that, that game or that turn or that uh, season is in the back of their head to prove wrong, or even people in their, their childhood that doubted them that's in the back of their head to prove wrong. So, I mean, I think it can be healthy, but it can also be destructive. It's, It's just how you look at it personally. Yeah, like all things in life, there's a balance. That's, man, that's a good one. Hmm. Now, Zach, too, I wanna, I wanna kind of dive into what's, what's going on in, in your and I's life, like as our kind of, well, I mean, shoot, we're in August already, so the year's almost yeah. um, to what, three fourths of the way over, which is insane. Yeah, it's not. But what's, what's on the docket next in terms of businesses, career? In, in your life that you're excited about to wrap up as this year, as the year comes to a close? Really good question. So uh, we talked about the trailer, which is more of a recreational, fun, personal side of things. That's something I really want to hammer home and make some progress um, on converting that. So then my wife and I can reap the rewards of that. We can go on some trips and spend some time driving around the country, which would be awesome. Uh, as far as the business side of things, um, I have made a couple big steps in high ground coffee and Right now, I talked about it before, I feel like I'm really approaching a precipice or a pinnacle where um, I have put in that work up front, right? I've done the legwork to build the website, the brand, and the framework for what you need to have a small business. And now um, I'm doing what's a little more of the fun part, in my opinion, doing some door knocking, um, trying to find clients, things like that. So um, I have a goal of a certain number of clients I want to have by the end of the year. And if I can hit that goal, then I'll be happy. Um, but it's one of those things where even if you don't quite hit your goal, um, having that goal be a little lofty might motivate you to be more productive um, than you would have otherwise with maybe more conservative goal. Um, I have been pretty focused on 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 high ground. Uh, a previous goal we talked about was buying a house. And so that's one that my wife and I had to adjust a little bit. 
right? So in our Discord, I had posted that was one of my smart goals to buy a house by the end of 2023. And so that's one I've had to adjust, which is absolutely okay. By no means do you want to set smart goals and then wuss out of them or just let them die. But if you need to change them, then go at that head on, talk with whoever's keeping you accountable and say, this is why I want to change it. This is, you know, talk through it. And so that's something I did with my wife. We were head into uh, house hunting, looking to buy something, um, but the market wasn't right. And um, our financial situation really wasn't right as well. So we made the decision to uh, postpone that, kind of stack our bread, put some money in the bank so that we will be a little more competitive down the line when we want to uh, reapproach that goal and buy a house in the future. So um, right now our goal uh, is mainly a pretty fun one, right? Which is um, finish up this trailer and find some clients for high ground coffee. And that's a really good question. Um, so I'm going to pose the same thing to you as we get through 2023 here. What are some of the goals that you have the back of your mind or even on the front burner that you're really pushing towards and, and working towards? So I, I agree with you too on the reevaluation of your goals. Cause I actually did that the other day. And when I look at it, one of my big goals at the beginning of this year was to buy one residential and one commercial property. And at this point in the year, I purchased zero properties. However, I've purchased slash invested in two businesses, which in terms of the profitability and the, the ROI are much higher than any of those houses would have provided. So I've reevaluated my goals from purchasing houses to have purchasing those two businesses. And it's 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 been a learning experience too on more of a passive side of investing but not necessarily as passive as just putting money into a, a roth ira or a stock account so i've kind of been able to be hands-off but also be hands-on in terms of an advisory role along with my investment and i've, I've learned so much between the restaurant and then the transfer transportation company that we're starting up. And I've had the ability to invest in both of those with some pretty great partners, one of which we've had on the show before, um, the Nick Chuma. So it, it's been a learning opportunity for both of us, but it's also making us some pretty solid money. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having that be kind of a reevaluation of my goal, but continuing to scale that and grow that, and then potentially just using that platform to go out and purchase more businesses, kind of along the lines of the, the Cody Sanchez school of thought, where it comes into purchasing boring businesses that cash flow and make money. So I'm, I'm still not, or I'm still in the real estate game. I'm still trying to buy properties when it seems right, but by the end of the year, my goal is actually not to buy any properties and not to do any more investments because my big goal is to save up a lot of money so that sometime next year, probably in the summer to fall, I can either purchase another house for myself to live in or even purchase some land to eventually build a house. So that's kind of number one on the docket. And even even just kind of reviewing my goals the other week, I've realized that I've been pretty solid on track with a lot of them. And you're not going to hit 100% of your goals every year, but I feel like I've gotten pretty close. And it's also allowed me to understand I need to put focus into a few certain areas because I've been slacking on it. So I would say the biggest thing going into next year is just going to be saving as much money as possible. Not necessarily being out of the investment game, but focusing on that one thing. And then once I get that one thing taken care of, then I can get back into purchasing houses or businesses, et cetera. 
those are those are some very good goals. <clears throat> Let's see here. I know we don't have a lot of time left before we hit eight o'clock and we have some other appointments to get to. Um, Let's see here. Did you have anything in specific you wanted to cover before we wrap up? You know, I kind of, I guess, a closing thought that I'd, I'd like to leave to the audience. Your mindset is your biggest, I guess, your, your, your biggest weapon, but it can also be your biggest detriment. If you can't control what's up here, then you can't do anything else. I, I will die on this hill, but... If you can build a strong mental fortitude, then you can literally accomplish anything. Our minds are so powerful to where we can convince ourselves of literally anything. I did it in college. I convinced myself I knew material after studying for an hour and somehow got A's on exams. I had no business doing that, but I just consistently told myself, you know what you're doing. You're able to do it. And it's, it's just being, it's almost being stubbornly confident in your abilities that no one can tell you you can't do this or you shouldn't do this because you you have it upstairs that you, there's nothing that is going to stop you. So the biggest thing I want people to take away is convince yourself that you're capable and you'll be capable. Mind over matter. That's what it comes down to. <clears throat> well, what do you we, want to leave with the audience? I was I was gonna uh, think on that exact same point you were talking about. So we talked about a couple things today. The most important one I think that I want to leave is gratitude. And as simple and as it cheesy as it sounds, because it's something that your mom is going to tell you as you grow up, like be grateful for this, you know, count your blessings. And, you know, as we grow up, we, you know, say, yeah, mom, whatever. But as with many things, we grow up and realize that our parents were right a lot about a lot of those things. And for me, gratitude was one of those. And that has had the largest impact on my day-to-day -day life. Like I mentioned during this podcast, feeling like I get to go do things. I get to go to work and make money instead of searching for a job. And I get to go drive and run errands and instead of you know, taking the bus or trying to ride a bike or uh, calling an Uber because I got my license revoked or never got it. Being grateful, having gratitude has changed my mindset and increased my happiness day to day more than nearly anything in my life. So gratitude is the message I want to leave with the audience. Be grateful. You've heard it here first, folks. Have an attitude of gratitude. All right. This is Sean Lacey and Zach Owen signing off. Stay fly. Here at the Financial Literacy Institute, our mission is to teach the financial literacy skills we should have learned in school. We have many methods of accomplishing this goal, but our latest method includes our online courses. Partnering with Thinkific, we have developed courses that allow you to learn valuable financial and business skills at your own pace. Head to our website at thefli.net to check out our courses and other resources. We hope you will join us on our mission to teach the financial literacy skills we should have learned in school. Thank you for listening to On The Fly, a Financial Literacy Institute podcast. If you'd like to learn more, check out our website at www.thefli.net and our Instagram at The Financial Literacy Institute. We look forward to you joining us on our next episode as we teach the financial literacy skills we should have learned in school.